Hello and welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Weima, and today I am with a very special guest, Thomas Burkhart, who is, as I joked with him earlier, he's an OG in terms of programming and in Flutter. He is definitely one of the original uh, Flutter GDEs, and he's the author of the Get It Package, which uh, I think is a super fantastic package. I highly recommend it for people who are developing their Flutter apps. Why don't I go ahead and, and let you uh, speak? Actually, before you speak, I want one last thing. If you guys can see on the video, uh, I actually managed to hurt myself recently, so I'm a little bit out of commission. Um, so if you guys have gone ahead and bought my course about uh, Rust with Flutter, just know that I'm a little bit behind because I uh, hurt myself, uh, but I should be back in action within a month, I hope. Um, and uh, that's just my last announcement. So you guys may know things may be a little bit sluggish over here. That's because I'm still in recovery. Uh, now, Thomas, back to you. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is uh, Thomas Burkhardt. I live in Germany in Bonn. And I'm in IT for almost 30 years now. So uh, it has uh, I've seen quite a lot. Uh, in between, I had some uh, break where I worked as a professional magician. And then I got into mobile development. And after some uh, frustration uh, with Xamarin at this time, uh, I finally found Flutter and uh, really liked it. And one of the things that uh, <laughs> actually, when we, uh, especially when we uh, look at Get It, um, I got into Flutter uh, when it was just out of beta. So there was no provider, there was no uh, no other uh, packages out there, uh, not, not many packages out there. And uh, I I really struggled with the uh, concept of the inherited widget. Actually, uh, because I, I, I never really managed it at this, at that time, uh, that it, uh, updated my data when I changed something. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, looked a little bit back what I was used to use, uh, when I was working with Xamarin in, in C sharp. And, uh, there we, uh, there was a very nice, uh, service locator called Splat from, um, AnyBats. And I used streams a lot there with Rx. So the idea was then to say, okay, I ported more or less the, uh, the API of Splat. Uh, in the meantime, it evolved a lot to include other stuff. And I uh, just uh, added some uh, streams into my business objects and used a stream builder on the UI and I was good to go. So uh, I never touched any uh, inherited widgets after that again. Besides uh, the ones from Flutter that uh, are included in the framework, like themes or something like this. So uh, that was the point how it, I got to get it. And that was also the point why I started to uh, publish packages. Because uh, when I needed something for myself, I, as I decided after some time, okay, um, why not share it with the public? And uh, this worked quite well so far. So when you're using streams, right, were you using some type of block pattern? Or I think you had a different no. type of pattern. That's what I remember. You were talking about your pattern. Yes. Uh, actually, uh, at this time, uh, when, I, when I started up, uh, what was really popular was Redder at this, at this time. Uh, then there was this, uh, this, uh, this talk from Google I.O., I think from, I think Philip uh, was it, who talked about the block pattern. And, uh, but uh, I really, didn't I didn't like the block pattern because the the feeling that I have to um, I have to push an object into a stream to uh, uh, to trigger a method 
just did not feel right to me. And uh, coming from uh, from uh, from Xamarin, where we have uh, uh, a command pattern uh, that we use, I uh, I was looking. Okay, can I uh, use something like this also uh, with Flutter? That I can have more or less a function-like object, a command that I can assign to my uh, event handlers, and uh, that do everything for me. Yeah. So uh, the, the so, so really this this idea of the streams uh, for to communicate between uh, UI uh, to uh, to the business layer. Um, yeah, I didn't like it. On the other direction, it's okay because a UI can listen to streams and then rebuild. Uh, but uh, down to the uh, to the business layer, I, I did not really like it. And uh, it's, it's true. I, uh, I pretty soon afterwards, I developed my own pattern uh, or my own architecture, which I called at this time RX VMS, uh, which is uh, which was stream based or and it was uh it used the rx command package that i wrote which is a uh, stream based command uh today we have an, a newer version of this which is called uh, uh which uh, which is uh, just called uh, flutter command and uh this is a uh, way which uses completely uh, value listenables instead of streams because, uh, in my opinion, they are way easier to handle in the UI than uh, uh, than streams. Uh, but maybe we uh, we can get back to this a little bit uh, a little bit later. Um, how how this works? Because uh, commands are extremely powerful, and uh, I would say pretty much underrated or undervalued, and uh, they can completely completely compl- uh, replace your blocks while adding additional features. So we can uh, go back uh, to this in a moment. Sure. I don't know what you. Uh, what are, what would we would be the, the points? What you say? Okay, uh, you are interested in uh, when we talk about get it. Yeah, I mean, I think the the most interesting part is like, well, a big thing to me is I'm pretty big into testing, right? And mm-hmm. what I like about block is that it's very clear that I can see. Where are my blocks? And to me, I try to keep my blocks like where all the logic is, right? So mm-hmm. I make a factory using Git it, and all of the repositories where all the business logic is, I put those uh, into like lazy singletons. And so they get created mm-hmm. whenever I need to create my block and they never get mm-hmm. uh, deconstructed until I guess the app is closed, mm-hmm. um, this kind of way, right? So it's very, very clear for me, like kind of what's going on. Yeah, um, I understand. And so it makes things easy for like when I do widget testing because I just make sure I have a block provider and mm-hmm. that kind of works, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm going to be making testing using your style, I mean, it's easy for anybody to figure out, okay, I need to mock out this thing. So with provider, I could just put in my mock object. But mm-hmm. with Git it, it's quite different, right? Like what would be your... Uh, uh, I know you, you've talked about this in your docs, but it's not very clear for me um, because you list mm-hmm. like two different ways. Like one is that you can use a scope. Another one is that you mm-hmm. can also use a reset and just kind of rebuild your singletons, right? Now, does the reset right. and the scoping, does that work? Like if I have, uh, say, like a single file where I create all of my stuff, including initializing my get it uh, singleton, and then does it also, and then like I, I start registering all my objects right away, 
like would I need to do that for every single test or like is there like a before all I need to call okay. or like how would this kind of stuff work? Um, first of all, get it inside is and it, it's a singleton itself, yeah. Now, uh, it depends a little bit on what sort of code you are testing. Uh, the moment you are testing uh, asynchronous code, you might have noticed that uh, if you run tests, that tests run in parallel, part, uh, partly. And this can uh, get you into trouble. Uh, if you uh, have uh, only uh, synchronous uh, code that you are testing, you are totally fine doing a reset at the beginning of each, of each test and uh, register your new uh, your objects that you uh, that you want to do, that you want to use. Yeah. An alternative is uh, is indeed you could use scopes, but um, I think scopes are much more uh, useful in the in the business logic. If I want to uh, uh, if I want to control object lifetime uh, inside the business logic, so my, one of my typical um, uh, use cases is it if I have, for example, an um, oh, okay, wait, wait. Uh, if uh, if I uh, want to switch between the uh, the state of a logged out user uh, of an anonymous user and a logged in user, for example, yeah, these are things where, which can, where where you can use um, scopes very nice because if you push a new scope and register new objects, then uh, you can uh, get rid of all these objects by just popping the scope. Yeah, so uh, this is one of the things that uh, uh, where where I see scopes. In get it, what I uh, normally do is uh, if I have the problem that I get into trouble with asynchronous code, you can uh, create multiple instances of get it with create new instance. Uh, with the create new instance method. So uh, in this case, I would uh, create a new instance at the beginning of my test case, register my object, and then use it as normal. Yeah, this is uh, uh, if uh, if you run into any of such problems. The other way that is uh, that is quite nice. Um, I can show you. I can show you. I have to share my screen for this. Um, this is one of the things that you, uh, for example, if you, if it's not, uh, not just unit testing, but if you have two, two modes, uh, you can switch out implementations for, for example, if I have, uh, an, uh, from my, from my app model, for example, if, if I have a mock implementation that maybe, for example, target some, um, staging server or something like this, I can easily do this by, uh, switching out the implementation on startup either with the mock implementation or the real implementation, yeah. This is one of the uh, the ways. If I want to um, change between, uh, if if I want to test an, an, a whole mocked object, the other way that um, that I use is uh, is this here. Um, actually, this is a little bit. I have I have to update uh, the slide a little bit because uh, nowadays with null safety, I would have to uh, uh, to add a required here that I don't get get into problem. But the general idea is that I want, if I want to use, for example, this user, man if I want to test this, this user manager, that uh, it has this uh, uh, this optional parameters here, where I can pass a pass in, for example, a mocked object um, for, while testing, and uh, it then checks if no object is passed, get the one that is registered and get it. Yeah. So uh, with this approach. I don't have to initialize, uh, I don't have to register the user, uh, the, 
User Manager and the app, the app model and database service and get it by testing. Uh, but I can just create an object user manager and pass in two mock objects, for example, while still when it's working on uh, inside my app, I uh, can just instantiate, instantiate a user manager without passing anything and it will automatically get the correct objects from the repository, uh, fr uh, from uh, the object repository. This is one of the, uh, the patterns. Yep. This one definitely makes sense to me. I can understand this part. Um, but then the only thing I don't like about this one is it's kind of an implementation kind of hidden thing. I don't, I don't know how to how to make it more kind of clear, but like I like it, but at the same time, it's it's kind of I don't know. I, I'm gonna say side effect, but not really a side effect. Do you, do you know what I mean? I, you, I, I guess I guess you it's mean more like that overriding. It's, uh, I guess yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's true. Uh, uh, if you just see the uh, the interface here. You don't know do I have to pass this or don't, do I uh, don't uh, do I don't have to pass it? Yeah. Um, with the uh, I think if, if if you put part uh, if you if you have no required and we are on the uh, uh, and this these are nullables, then it's more uh, it's more clear. But I I know what you mean. Um, it's typically I don't use it, but people who like to test the objects uh, separately uh, use it. And uh, so I prefer normally to um, uh, to register uh, my objects uh, directly inside the each test unit test case, and then um, uh, just reset or uh, or uh, reset the whole get it. Yeah, uh, you see this in right. I have to here's uh, I use the in this case I use uh, the setup. Function of uh, of the test cases when uh, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Flutter test, where I reset, get it first, and then register the things that I uh, want to test. For example, yeah, and uh, then it, uh, then it's automatically done before every test that I uh, that I execute. But the only thing that I don't like about this one is like if you just wanted to reset a couple of things. Uh, that could be a little bit annoying. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, if, like if, what I'm thinking about, if you could just override just a specific one, that would maybe be more better. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, I mean, I'm listening to what you think, um, but this is also kind of clear too, that you can very clear, like, okay, reset from scratch. These are the ones I use. It's very clear which mm -hmm. ones you're setting mm -hmm. up. Maybe mm -hmm. it's better that way. Like, I, I suppose it's what you like more, right? Because this is your code. No, 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 not necessarily. Uh, for example, what's also perfectly, what would be also perfectly fine is, uh, to push a new scope at the beginning of a, of a test and pop the scope at the end. Yeah. Uh, if you'd want to just, uh, uh, override one of the existing ones. Yeah. So, uh, this is, uh, uh this is uh, probably the, uh, yeah. I haven't used it in tests so far yet, uh, but it's, uh, probably a, a very good way, uh, way to do it. Yeah. Because, um, if we uh if we have a look at the yeah here uh if we look at scopes yeah uh for example uh it is the way that i uh in an, on the base scope that is if you don't have if you don't haven't pushed any scope yeah then uh you register your objects objects like it do it uh, i do it here yeah and i have for the user it's an uh a user interface which has an implementing implementing class and a an user here for example and uh, in, uh, now, if I push a new scope, I uh, register 
a new object user with a different implementation in this case. And from this on, if from anywhere in, uh, in the code, uh, the user class is accessed, it will get the logged in user because this one shadows the one below. And, uh, for, for all other, uh, um, classes, they are still accessible without any problems. Yeah. But, uh, when I, uh, pop this, it's just, uh, I'm back, to, uh, uh, to, back to before. So I could use this, uh, if, if I want to make sure that at the end of my tests that get it is, uh, again in the state that I wanted, uh, wanted to be. Okay. So the popping is pretty clear. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it would be really cool if, like, you could make it scope, say, like, okay, this part of my widget tree is using this kind of scope, though, but you cannot because this is all ah. outside of the, or you can't. Yeah, not, not, not really. Um, but, uh, maybe, maybe at this point also, this is a little bit of, uh, a question of philosophy because, uh, in my opinion, uh, scopes are much more useful in the business logic than, uh, make, to make them completely dependent on the uh on the ui yeah so uh one of the ways that i can uh, that i could do it is uh if i have a stateful widget that i push a new scope at the uh or better i call a function in the business layer uh that pushes a new scope and in the destroy uh, dispose function i pop the scope again yeah so i can uh, bind it to a widget manually without problems but in my opinion uh, it's far more uh, interesting to have than on the business layer side because, as, I, as uh, in this example, so we have the uh, we log in a user, for example. Okay, now we have uh, are in, in a different state on the business level, and this is completely independent of of any widgets above because uh, the log in state should not be uh, di necessarily directly coupled to a, uh, to uh, to a widget. And uh, now, it's, if if this would be in um, if this here would be, um, uh, what do I call it, um, a shopping application, yeah, uh, then we could, for example, if the user uh, inserts the first item into a shopping cart, I uh, push another scope uh, with the shopping cart in it, uh, uh, which allows me, if uh, the user uh, does not uh, wants to clear as, as his shopping cart, I just have to to clear the scope, yeah. And you can, uh, uh, you, you can provide a dispose function to any, uh, uh, either to eat to a scope or even when you register an object, you can, uh, give them an, a dispose function that is called when it's, uh, when it's removed. Yeah. So, uh, it's, you are extremely powerful if you want to, uh, control, uh, what objects are currently accessible, uh, over the scopes with the overriding. There is even a possibility that uh, if you if your objects implement a certain interface, they get notified when they are uh, when they are shadowed by another object or when they the shadow is removed. Yeah, so that you can they, that they can automatically care themselves or ourselves um, if, uh, if if the state of the uh, of the application has changed. Okay, that's. But you'd have to have a scope in order to do the shadowing, right? You cannot just shadow directly. Am I right? No, actually, the, yeah. The, the moment you, uh, you you have first to push to push the scope, yeah, because uh, otherwise, how would I remove uh, the, the shadow? I would say, mm. and I can um, 
if you want to replace an object, you can do this in, inside Get it, but it's it's different. But then you lose the the state of the uh, of the shadowed object. Yeah. So mm. uh, the um, if you want to have it more automated, uh, the uh, and comp uh, and uh, bound to a widget, uh, you if you use the uh, my Get it mixin page a uh, package. There is it. Uh, it adds an, uh, a method to the widgets, which is which is called push scope, which will push a new scope and automatically uh, pops it when the widget goes out of uh, out of scope. Yeah. So um, uh, it uh, you don't have to care uh, about this manually. Um, for this is the get it mixin then a very nice uh, and helpful tool. Yeah, definitely. I remember seeing Get It Mixin, but I just kind of ignored it. I felt like it was something I didn't really need. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure you've heard that before. But yep. uh, one of the first things that you mentioned to me as soon as I brought you into this podcast is that you were like, hey, you know, did you use this before? And I'm like, mm, no, uh, sorry to tell you, I haven't used it. Like maybe, well, why don't we take some time to talk about it, right? Because maybe yep. it's misunderstood and not really, people don't really look at it for a certain reason, right? So why do you, why did you make it and why should I even consider to use it if it's already working for me? Yeah. Uh, actually, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't use it. Uh, or, but actually, I, I did not think about it uh, for a long time. But then users asked me, hey, couldn't you add some state management functionality to get it? Like, uh, like provider offers it. And uh, so I, I thought about it, and uh, yeah, I, I actually, I'm totally honest in this. I took some inspiration from the way uh, provider is implemented. I took some inspiration how uh, Flutter Hooks is implemented, but made it a little bit more straightforward in my opinion. And uh, this is, um, and the in in short, it the get it mix in allows you. To observe objects that are registered inside GetIt from the UI, yeah. So um, you, you you said before you told me before you are using a provider additionally in combination with GetIt, yeah, because uh, so, so you can access your uh, observe your objects in the UI uh, with provider. So with the GetIt mixin, you can do the whole thing with GetIt, and. Uh, I will, uh, I will go and uh, I will show you here. We have here some some examples of uh, um, uh, of um, yeah of listenable, listenable objects. I would say we have here a value notifier as a global variable, for example. Then we have an, uh, an, an model class that exchange change not notifier because uh, if you look here the uh, the country um, uh, the, the country property. Uh, uh, calls notify listeners if it is changed, for example. Then we have um, directly a value notifier as a property in here or a nested object. We have a stream in here and we have a future in here. All things that you could typically uh, want to observe in a UI. Yeah? So in, um, with the mixin, this uh, looks like this. We have, uh, actually it's, this is a little bit an overkill example because we do everything in here, but it shows uh, how it is used. So for a stateless uh, widget, I mix in the get act mix in. And from this on, I get several methods on that I can access within the widget. For example, here, if I want to only get a value, a value out of get it, I can just call the get method, just a shorthand of get it dot i dot get 
but it uh, it's just a nice thing. Um, more interesting is uh, if I have the um, uh, I, I, reg I have registered also a value notifier string. I have this registered inside get it, yeah? Okay, this value notifier. So I can here with the watch function, uh, the watch function is like the get, so I, uh, that, that means as we are used to, we pass in uh, as a um, generic type the, 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 the type of the stored object that I want, yeah? And um, plus the uh, the value that I uh, that I that I expect to receive, and if I dis do this, watch will get the current value of, of this object, and in the, uh, after this, it will trigger a rebuild of the widget. So whenever this changes, uh, this this object uh, this value notify change, the uh, the whole uh, uh, widget will rebuild. Which means I can uh, normally, uh, if I have this uh, column down here, I would need to use some animation uh, animated builder to observe this uh, value notifier, yeah, or the, no, the value value listenable builder. It's now I would uh, use the value listenable builder, uh, and I don't need any builders in here, yeah. The same if I have uh, we have we have seen the model class exchange change notifier. If I if I have such a uh, situation. I can use the watch only method. Uh, watch only watches one property inside an object that implemented, that implements value notifier, uh, uh, the change notifier. And it will only rebuild the widget if this property has changed. Yeah. And, uh, watch X actually is the, uh, is a way, uh, to, uh, directly, uh, observe value listenables that are properties like here the, the, the name property and uh this is probably is probably the most used one that i can use to uh, uh to do this and uh which watch x only has an additional um selection uh method with, with that you can access inside uh the object that you uh, that you access here you can access Further down into the uh, in, in, into a nested uh, uh, into a nested property, so this makes it uh, in 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 the easiest case. Is, I, will, I will show you later in, in a little bit of code. Uh, you just use the watch X and you are done. So I don't have to use any builders at all because the same thing works with streams. If I want to watch a stream, I use the watch stream or and watch future, and I can. Uh, just use this local variables then inside my widget tree. The only uh, restriction is you have to do this at the beginning of your build functions and you are not allowed to use any conditional in this area because uh, this is uh, like uh, the same mechanism that hooks use. Um, the, the watch statements have always to be executed in the same sequence, in the same ordering. Okay. This is a lot of stuff at once I'm still trying to follow. The one thing that kind of threw me off is the watch X and watch X and watch. Can, yeah, it gets a little bit confusing. The best thing, just actually, I, I, I agree with you. These are just different, uh, different ways depending on where the object is that you want to watch. Yeah. Um, the most, the most used, as I said, is the watch X probably. Yeah. 
uh, that you will use the, that you will use if you want to uh, if you want to observe a property in your model that is itself a value listenable okay so between watch only and watch x the difference is that if the property is a value listenable then yeah. you want to use watch x if exactly. it's just a value then you would use watch only exactly but okay this but this requires that model implements uh change notify yeah if it doesn't do this uh this would this would not would not work yeah and so this is really one of the things there might be there are situations where this is uh is appropriate but personally um i use in my uh business objects normally always value notifiers so watch x is the one that uh i use uh, most of use yeah and if you see this here this is actually inter quite interesting what we have uh, uh what we pass in to watch x as the same before uh, watch only is an accessor function yeah so this function is executed every time watch x is uh is called here and returns the the actual property that i want to watch which even allows me some more flexibility because this function here is not uh it this it, 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 it even could return me different properties uh depending on some other circumstances yeah uh when uh, uh, in uh, when it updates so it's very flexible and uh this is the uh, the, uh, the the way uh why I, where I use the most of the time so watch x and uh watch stream or watch future uh very handy especially watch stream and watch future is very nice because uh if you look here uh we are still in a stateless widget yeah so normally if i uh if 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 i want to observe a stream and uh it's not just uh if i uh don't just want to use a stream builder i always have to use a stateful widget uh where i can subscribe to the stream in uh, start listening on the stream in uh, in uh in the, in the on in it and uh then in this post i dispose the uh the, the stream again this is all done completely automatically for you here yeah uh it even works uh you can even uh do do it uh you can even register handlers with this yeah if i have an uh if i want not to mm. display depending on uh on something some listenable uh i can use the register handler function again they have to be to to do uh, to be done in the beginning of the build function uh here the so first as an example for an value listable but the same for streams or futures for example to show a dialog or sh show an, or in this case for the future handler to navigate somewhere else and i never have to care about uh any disposing uh of uh, of streams or futures that there's it is done completely automatically for me Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. I could definitely see where you got the idea from, I think the, the hooks or the consumer yep. widget package. Exactly. Yeah. The one thing I don't like about this is that you definitely have to learn these things, right? If you're a beginner to flutter and you see this, it's going to be, it's going to blow your mind a little bit. You're going to have to actually take a look at what is this, get it mixed in and it'll take you some time to kind of catch up. Actually, it's not so, it's, uh, it's not so much different than other packages. Uh, for example, if you start with provider, uh, you have uh, a lot of providers that you have to learn. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I had this discussion recently and we finally came to the point 
that it's really uh, a little bit of different approach in that uh, as get it itself, but also the get it mix in uh, have a lot of separate functions for different scenarios where provider uses uh, or, or Riverport uses an adapter object, the provider objects, the different ones for to uh, to uh, uh, switch between different scenarios. Yeah. So uh, this is really one of the things, uh, yeah, might be a little bit different philosophy. What I like about this approach is that uh, in my um, in my IDE, I can just hit dot and see all the functions that this object gives me. Yeah. So I don't have to, uh, with, for example, with provider, I, I really have to learn which providers are there. Here I can always see them from in the IDE if I just hit, hit the dot. Yeah. So, and uh, if you start with uh, just some of them, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's not that complex. I uh, I show you this in the. Um, let's go back to the Visual Studio. Here, actually, there is another. There's an, uh, uh, there is another mix-in in the mix-in package for stateful widgets, which you have to use if you have need a stateful widget. In this case, you have to add a mix-in into the widget and into the state. But everything else stays the same. And here, for example, uh, I use the register handler because I want to uh, react on errors. Strong exceptions here is an um, is an uh, value list, uh, listenable or an uh, value notifier. And I do this at the beginning to register a dialog that is displayed. And then I have here three separate watch X where I watch different properties of uh, of my weather manager object yeah and uh, after this I can I can use this uh, just use this variables so the whole widget tree here uh, looks pretty clean I don't have uh, otherwise I would have uh, three different builders inside here yeah and in the list view to that for example, this actually even has only one watch X at the beginning because uh, which gets the the current data for the uh, uh, for the uh, uh, for the list view that I want to use, and that's all. I'm done. So it's a very simple approach. Actually, uh, it might be a little bit overwhelming because you have several options, but in principle, it's a very direct and very simple approach. Yeah. Okay. I can I can definitely see this. The one thing I that really reminded me or the one thing I did like about Riverpod is that when you have like async value, right, you have to actually handle all the different cases. I actually quite like that style where it's like you force the user of that library. Do, have you have you ever played around Riverpod? Because you're looking a little bit confused. Uh, I have look, looked at it. Um, you mean that you don't that you don't have to uh, to bother with um, with snap uh, uh, um with snapshot, snapshot objects that the uh, that you get an, uh, a clean async return object. Well, what you get is you get this thing called async value, which actually yeah. has three different states. You have like the, when the data is yeah. there, when it's loading, and when it's error. And you actually yeah. have to handle all three states. And what I like about that is it kind of reminds me of languages that have a union type like Elm or yeah. Rust, where you actually have to handle yeah. everything. Yeah. And I like that yeah. because if you have a, yeah, when you start programming for a while, like you, you, you come to realize that you have to handle everything because things happen. 
And that's why I like Riverpod. Just that I like that one part at least. Actually, um, I like yours it. Yours doesn't I, have this style though, right? No. Yes. I like it and I, and I don't like it at the same time. Uh, <laughs> let me explain why. Uh, it's the same why I, uh, why I, uh, why I have problems with the freeze package, for example. Because, uh, if you look at code that uses the freeze or the river pod, uh, packages, it does not look like normal Dart anymore. It, uh, and for me, as long as Dart does not have these features embedded in, inside the language, I don't really feel comfortable with, uh, with, with turning my, uh, my Dart code looking like it has some features that is that not that not every Dart programmer is used to. So this is one of the uh, the, the points. The other thing is, um, and there we get uh, get uh, quite uh, interesting again. Um, you see here, I use or actually uh, this in, in this in this in, in the sample application. I use another package in here from me, which is the uh, Flutter command package. And a Flutter command is basically, I have to switch over to the gut. So um, uh, a command, because this is why I you, you mentioned the loading state, for example, yeah? Um, if you use uh, commands, you don't have to uh, deal with Asynchronous results at all anymore, I would say. Because a command and a command object wraps any function. It can be an async function. It can be an, um, a normal function and can be used as a normal function because it's a callable class. So you can just, uh, assign it to any, um, uh, to, to any, uh, event handler like here. For example, the on text changer uh, command, it's just, for example, my manager on search change command, yeah? And, uh, the, uh, and if you call the, uh, if the, uh, if, if you, if you call the, uh, this, the command, the embedded function inside will be executed. Okay. So, and, uh, itself, a command itself, uh, implements the uh, 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 the um, value notify uh, uh, value listable of key result yeah so uh, you can listen at a, uh, on a command itself uh, for the result of the embedded function and if it's an async function uh, the command handles everything inside it checks if what, there was an error if checks it makes make sure that you get inform, informed about the loading state because there are two more properties which are value notifiers. One is the is ex executing and one is the thrown exception. Yeah. So the command takes care about if anything happens inside the wrap function. Yeah. You, uh, your app does not crash. Uh, if it's an exception, it will be published on uh, on this listenable, so you can easily listen to this uh, to show a dialogue, for example, or to do something else. And it has an ex is executing, uh, which you can listen to to show a loading spinner, for example, or not. Yeah. And if you if you need all these states 
in one object to to deal with yeah it has it has actually an uh, another uh, uh value notifier called results which uh, which returns an uh, an uh, combined object which has the uh, the result value the uh, executing state and the error state in wrap in one nice object yeah so if i want to use uh, if i need them all to the, together or if i want to listen from different places separately on the command and then it actually it gets uh, that's the last point that, uh, that makes it uh, powerful um it has an an incoming uh, you you can when you create a command you can pass in an value listenable restrictions and depending if the, if this value uh, uh if if this variable that you pass in there changes from true to false the whole command is locked locked at the, the command can can not longer be executed and on the other side i have here and can execute a value notifier which is more or less uh turns false the moment uh, is executing uh, turns true and the other way around now you might ask why do i need an uh, a, a, sep a separate um uh listenable for the execute uh, can execute state because can execute actually is an and uh uh expression between the is currently uh, not is executing sorry this is uh not and the restriction so um even if the command is not running if restriction turns false can execute turns false yeah if this is true and uh i execute the command uh then this turns false so for example i can use this here to enable disable any ui element that i have uh, on uh, uh, up there to make it a little bit more clear i have an, a, a small animation here that that uh, that shows uh, what you will see so yeah we have here all this is the the pure uh, result of the uh, of the of the wrap function at the, up here this here is the uh, the wrapped uh, uh, the, the combined uh, result and here are the the separate uh, points and now if i press the button here command is executed so wait so we have here the uh, the asynchronous uh, call is is stated and we had here two values there that updated ui and it does this until the result comes back and we have this so uh my uh my whole ui rea reacts on events yeah on, on on things that happens on the command layer okay um so this is an audio podcast and i just want to be kind of clear what's going on so you have a really really cool animation where um you have your command right you have your flutter command and you have different properties yep and you have a button that's hooked up to can execute. So if can execute is true, I'm, I suppose, yep. then update is then selectable. Yep. 
Uh, and also you have is executing, which is basically showing a spinner if it's executing. Yep. And if there's results, then that will be shown. And in this case, you have a uh, pentagon, looks like. Yep. Uh, yeah, a pentagon. Yep. And uh, it's kind of cool. So you pressed on update button, which then would flip, uh, can execute to obviously false, and is executing to true, which would exactly. show a spinner. And of course, the button will not be executable. And then that would also trigger the REST service. So you have a, it's also connected to a REST service, which would then do the asynchronous work. And once yep. the REST service comes back with a response to the command, then your is executing will be turned to false. You'll have a result there that you didn't have before. And then the can execute will then be set to true, which would then enable your button again. Exactly. So that's interesting. So I find it quite interesting because it seems like when I look at what you have, it's like you're doing... You're making things very, very explicit. So I would probably do like, so like I said before, uh, we had the show, it's like I usually use block. So mm -hmm. I would have one state, which I would kind of read what's going on. But you're mm -hmm. instead of having multiple listable properties that change, and you're very specific that this is about, can I execute or not? Can, is it executing or not? This kind of thing. I mean, it could be that it is executing, but it's also can be executionable. In fact, that like if, if you can send multiple counter events maybe across a wire yeah, maybe that would be a case no uh, yeah. actually, so this actually, is actually blocking actually a command blocks multiple invocations so that's uh, that's not po uh, is uh, is not possible and uh, yeah it 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 has uh, it's not just that i'm very explicit the thing is that i can now by by using this here i ca i can react on certain situations from different places in my widget tree. Yeah. Uh, so I can, uh, for example, I can the is executing. I can do, um, on the, uh, on an higher up level in the widget tree than, for example, for the results. Yeah. So if I'm, and if you, uh, and all this, um, all this here, uh, all these properties, all the all the uh, all the these properties is executing, can executing, and also the result itself are all uh, value listenables. Yeah. And now, uh, if we add to this my package uh, um, functional listeners, which gives you Rx-like uh, uh, methods to combine value listenables together, then you can imagine, for example, that you have that you combine. Uh, the is executing uh, properties of several commands into one property uh, to uh, to handle the spinner for all of the commands, and uh, you don't have to uh, to do this um, to do this otherwise. And um, if we look over here, yeah, it's it's a little bit sad that we are. Uh, it's a little bit difficult to explain uh, uh, only for the audio side, but. Um, if we look here, for example, in the, uh, yeah, this is a little bit, uh, this is uh, more or less a typical ex example, uh, what you can do with commands. Yeah. Here we, we create several, uh, commands that, that the UI will listen to. But for example, there is an, uh, in this, uh, in this app, there is in the, in the real app, there's a little switch, which should enable or disable the, uh, the, uh, a button. Yeah. And this one is, is, uh, is, um, 
connected to the set execution state command here. Now, uh, the update weather command, this is the one that is, uh, is connected to the, to the button, to the update button, uh, gets as a restriction passed in the set execution state command. So I link, uh, so, so I link these two together in an, um, declarative way. And just by this, uh, it's ensured that, uh, if, uh, the, uh, the switch that is connected here will automatically change the state of the, of the button in the UI. Yeah. And, um, things like this make us very, very, uh, allows you, uh, to, uh, to, to put a lot of, uh, logic directly, uh, in a, de a declarative way. What's, ha what happens? Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, and as all the parts of, uh, of commands, uh, value listables, you can then easily, uh, observe them using the watch X function of the get it mix in. So if we go back to the, uh, to the homepage here, we see that, uh, uh in the weather manager, we have the, uh, the, the different, uh, commands here, the update weather command. Uh, uh, sorry, the update weather command, and, and here we, with watch X, we observe the is executing uh, property of this command, and the uh, the battle enabled variable we uh, we watch the can executing property of this, and uh, the uh, the switch value should uh, should reflect we we observe the set execution state command uh, that is connected to the button. And this leads to that we have, uh, down here in the UI, we have, I have no builders for, for anything like this, but for example, uh, here the switch is directly connected to this execution state command just by assigning them. Yeah. Or the, uh, the update better command. This is a little bit ugly, but this is, uh, because of a problem with Dart currently that I have to, um, uh, that I have to do this, uh, that, I, that I have to use the call explicit, the, the call function here. Um, it's, uh, because otherwise, uh, Dart does not, uh, does not recognize that this is, that it, this is a callable function. That's the problem, actually. But, but only in specifically in this, uh, in this situation. So I can just observe here the, uh, observe the, uh, the, all this, uh, all the properties and then use them in the widget tree. And if we look at the list view, for example, here we see I, uh, with watch X, I directly watch the command itself, which means I will get the result of the rep function. Yeah. And, um, it is once you have understood it, it is, uh, you, you, you start to see what uh, possibilities you have, especially then you, when you combi can combine and link together commands, uh, using this Rx -like, like functions. So we do have a question in the audience, which is yeah. always good to have. So, cool. uh, Thomas, which I don't think is you, uh, Thomas says, uh, he asks, is there a more elegant way to handle exceptions using Flutter command? Passing null as an initial value and then having to filter it out using functional listeners seems really counterintuitive. Honestly, I'm a little bit surprised what he is doing. Um, it's true. Uh, we have, uh, the thing is we have to, um, we, we have, 
we have to pass an initial value to when I create a command because it's a value initialable, which needs an initial value. But normally, uh, you don't have to filter out any exceptions because uh, you just let the exception, um, uh, yeah, throw. Uh, and then it will, be, uh, uh, then you can observe it on the thrown exception uh, property. So you will never, ne ne uh, never get this value on the, on the value side of the command. So maybe, maybe he's not using it as you intended, which could be maybe. A, a yeah, problem. Yeah, it's possible. Right? Uh, best, uh, the best thing is, um, he should raise, uh, he sh uh, if he could, uh, raise an issue on the Flutter command repo with a short example of what he is doing. I will reply to this. Sure. I'm just going to type out to him in the chat to make sure he raises the yeah, issue. Yeah, sure, 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 but, sure. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I, I think I, because I do remember you have the thrown exception, which would only have a value there if you have something thrown. So exactly. may, maybe something wasn't clear to him. Yep. That's possible. Um, when you do a thrown exceptions, I mean, that could basically, can you, you can actually short circuit your command or can you not? Like, let's say like you have some kind of beta feature and for some reason it's thrown exception. Can you just cut off that command and then say it cannot execute anymore? Or would you just have to always say, okay, reset this to can execute and just try again? Uh, you mean, you mean it sh after the first time it should no longer uh, be, uh, be usable? Yeah. Cause I can imagine like, there could be a time where you want to be able to do something and mm -hmm. if it ever fails, you don't want them to do it again. It's, it's, it's actually pretty easy. <laughs> uh, the only thing that I, uh, how I would do this is that I, uh, I add in, inside my, um, uh, I call the managers, the, my business objects where the commands live. I add some, uh, new, uh, value notifier. And initialize it using functional listeners, where I use the uh, map function that you, that you know from lists or so to map the uh, thrown exception uh, from the command that I want to make sure it does not happen uh, to a bool false true. Yeah. So when the thrown the exception is thrown, this one will switch to false, and I use this um, uh, uh, this property as restriction of the command that I want to observe. And then it will, from this on, it will be blocked. It will not be able to be executed again, unless I change the value manually. Okay. That's pretty flexible. Is it, is, is this really the, the, uh, and, and again, this, um, <laughs> I have to be, to, uh, to be very, uh, uh, honest here. Uh, the idea how this, uh, with the API of this command, yeah. Is also not uh, from me initially. It's uh, the uh, it comes from the reactive command from the uh, framework reactive UI on .NET, and uh, is thought uh, yeah uh, is used by a lot of people in a lot of projects in this way. So uh, it is uh, a proven concept. Who would have known that .NET has good ideas? Yeah, .NET always gets kind of <laughs> yeah. Actually, did you know that Rx is actually a .NET invention? This I did not know because I always hear about Rx from JavaScript, not really yep. from .NET. But it was it's a Microsoft invention. The thing is, it does it did never really took off this much on the .NET, in the .NET world, yeah. But uh, the Java people uh, looked at it and thought, oh, it's this looks nice. Let's uh, port it uh, to Java and to JavaScript, and they use it much more. 
So Thomas also replied with another question is, can we please also have a demonstration of how to use mock command for tests? Mock command. Okay. <laughs> a demonstration is a good question, but I can, but I can explain you how it works. The mock command, yeah? Um, the mock command is actually, it works in a way that you have complete control over the command, yeah? So, uh, uh, in your tests, oh wait, I, I, I go to the, um, I have to, to go into the repository of the, of Flutter command that I can show you a test that uses it. And I can talk easier with, uh, with this. While you're doing that, we actually just got a comment from Raphael saying yeah. that after some years of blinded usage of miraculous state management solutions, we're coming back to the basics. I like the approach. For me, it seems good piece for scalable app architecture. Yep. Actually, the, uh, I, uh, that's why I, uh, the Rx VMS, which I call my whole architecture is, uh, the idea is very straightforward. Yeah. It is, should be simple. It should be easy to understand. It should be discoverable, discoverable from the UI. Uh, for example, this was one of my biggest problems with, um, with Redux. I tried to understand what the, uh, what it's doing, uh, from the UI. Uh, but, uh, just by, uh, by hitting go to definition from UI, I was never able to f go to the code that really was executed because there are some, uh, there, 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 there are some, uh, abstract classes in between and there are some, uh, some dispatching. So it, uh, it was uh, not easy to understand. And this I want to, uh, uh, want to prevent. So flutter command test. So let's see here. I, um, I create a command with an, uh, a mock command with an initial value. And the thing is, as this is a command, if you use the mock command inst uh, instead at a, uh, at a place where you have your own command, uh, to make them that they are compatible, that you can assign them to each other. It's only important that the types match, yeah, because both are commands. So, uh, if I use the, uh, the way that I showed before with the, uh, with get it to switch out, uh, a mock object, a mock manager to the real manager, then I, uh, I just, uh, use mock commands at every place where I use the, the real commands in the, um, uh, in, in the real object, uh, in, uh, in the real object. So now a mock command, I create it and the, the, the idea is that I, uh, can then, uh, use the queue result function on the mock command to queue a result that this command will emit the next time I call execute on the command. Yeah. So I can specify, specify very, very, uh, clearly, uh, how should this command behave if I want to test the rest of the logic that uses this command. Yeah. Um, so, and, uh, uh, and I can, I can acute them. I can, um, uh, I, 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 I can, um, uh, the other way is I can use the start execution, uh, function with, uh, and directly pass a parameter like I would with a real command. This will trigger automatically the is executing and the can execute like, like you would expect in a normal, uh, in a normal, uh, command. Um, so it is just a way 
you uh, that that you, how you can simulate a real command and have complete control over it how you, uh, you expect the command will behave and then test how the, the rest of your logic works i hope this helped a little bit yeah it, for me it definitely makes sense i mean you want to be able to have predictable replies without actually doing something so yep. you can kind of do a little bit more ui testing that's that's what i would use it for but uh, uh, but uh, but the, the, the great uh, the, the big difference to using, uh, for example, Mokito or so is that in this case you still get the internal logic for the uh, for example for the errors for BC etc. Um, which I uh, so I if I want to do unit tests for commands I would use the mock command and not uh, Mokito normally properly. I moved on from Makito. I'm using Mocktail now. I'm more of a fan of Mocktail than Mokito okay. nowadays. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I, they're pretty similar. Um, I mean, like I would just, um, yeah, I would just mock out my repository with what I'm expecting to reply. And I also like that, like I can return a future and then I could check something, make sure that the loading state's there and then finally complete my future with a completer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes it very clear for me. Yeah. Thomas, uh, I want to say like, you're a pretty popular guy. I think this is probably the most amount of questions we've had uh, on the show. Uh, maybe we need to have a, a, a maybe we need to have another session soon, uh, and maybe promote a little bit more, get some more people. We can do uh, actually. Maybe just uh, if people uh, um, yeah send 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 some questions that they want to have uh, uh, more look. But but I think it's it's uh, I I'm not sure um, how good you we can deal with this all just on the on a post podcast level i would say because uh you you have to, to to look at code in many cases yeah i mean definitely and i think you know maybe it would be nice to actually do like uh you know to to because these these kind of i mean your your tools i mean they're part some of them are really popular like get it but some of them are not known get it mix in or yeah. even this uh, flutter command because it's just being overshadowed by other things yes so maybe it would be good to even work together and try to maybe build an app using your tools and see how it actually works so people actually understand yeah sure oh, this would mock be, would command. Be, okay this is how you can use it would be would but, be amazing you know yeah i think that would be quite interesting and uh i, I totally I, I totally agree it's uh it's really a little bit sad that uh that the uh because uh because of that uh flutter uh named provider as the recommended solution for example yeah um every every other solution got uh, very much into the shadow and, and it's not not uh, people don't uh, explore it yeah and uh, the other thing is that uh, compared to the monster package getx which is often confused with get it but it's it's not get it uh, i prefer the uh, I, I call it all the, the lego approach so many small parts that you can put together instead of one big one uh, the downside is of this that uh, people that know get it uh, don't automatically know that there are other bricks that you can add on to get a, a more powerful solution. Yeah, so uh, no, I, I would really enjoy if we could do this together and uh, make a uh, make it in a streaming session. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I think that would be great. Um, maybe we can talk about scheduling in the future. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? We also got another comment from Hosam Hassan, mm -hmm. who said, "Unfortunately, get it is not a Flutter favorite yet." Yes, so maybe, we, maybe we need to do this something. This is about also. That. Uh, I'm I'm very sorry that this is like this. Um, I 
discussed this uh, with Chris Sells, and Chris said uh, they made a decision that no new state management solution will get a, a, a flutter favorite because there are already so many, uh, which I find a little bit uh, disappointing or quite disappointing because uh, get it was is, is way uh, way older than all the, the newer stuff. So, um, but true, uh, it should all the the, the whole R, uh, RVMS package packages. So get it, get it mixed in. Flutter command and functional listeners, they all should be favorites, but um, so far not. Maybe maybe write an email to Chris Sells and and request it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is like write your congressperson right and complain, and hopefully something will yeah, happen. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, Thomas also asked between command builder, value listener builder, and get it mix in. Uh, is there one recommended way to build widgets using Flutter command? Um, I think it just it it depends uh, on. How your whole architecture looks like, because uh, you can use a command completely without any problems with Riverpod or with uh, with provider. Yeah, so nobody hinders you to to use a command in an object that is uh, registered inside Riverpod. And in this case, uh, you probably would not use a get and mix in. Yeah, then the command builder is probably a, a good approach, and uh, because it. It it offers a lot of uh, yeah it's, it's comfortable in that that it also offers different builders for the different uh, states that a command can have, um, or you can go for the uh, uh, for the uh, value listenable builder uh, and do everything yourself yeah so um, normally I would say if I if you use get it then use the get it mixin because uh, in my opinion widget trees look much nicer without builders in it. And uh, if you use some other locator, then use the um, uh, then you uh, use a command builder. Okay, and with that, uh, unfortunately, we need to kind of cut this off. I really appreciate all the questions, and I'm very happy that we got a lot of questions. I that's what I that's the reason why I want to make this part live is because I want people to also ask questions because you can see people don't always give a chance to to talk with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you seem pretty easygoing and easy to talk with and uh, easy to, to get a hold of. So uh, I think doing another session together yeah. this live. Sorry. And what? actually, uh, people can always find me on, almost always find me on Twitter. So, and if, if they have questions that are, uh, or to my packages, just ping me, uh, just tag me in a question and I'm happy to reply. Uh, I, pro- uh, I prefer to do it in the, uh, on the public feed and not in private messages so other people can also learn. But I'm always happy to help. Yeah, and I would really, yeah, it yep, would, would be amazing that. if we can have another session. Okay, oh, definitely open. Um, <laughs> Thomas is our, your most valued fan. Uh, so he asks, can we please have create from stream method to handle stream? I was already expecting that it's him. <laughs> he asked me this before. Uh, I have to uh, to make uh, I. I, I I, I I know what he is co- coming from, but I have to think about what's the best way to do it. Okay. Yeah. So it looks like we can have it, but he has to get the final details. Yeah. Okay, Thomas, uh, again, great to have you on. Uh, we can chat over Twitter and figure out something, and then maybe let's try to promote a little bit more because we didn't promote this one so much, I mm-hmm. think. And maybe we'll have more people kind of watching in and asking questions about what about this, what about that. That could be quite exciting, mm-hmm. I think. So let's uh, let's catch up over Twitter. 
Again, thank you for your time. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know, and I also need a little bit of a break. It's been a long day mm-hmm. over here, and as you can see, I'm yeah, still yeah, recovering. Yeah, for people definitely. can't see. I, I I cut my cut my fingers yeah. over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you so much for your for your time, and uh, let's catch up over Twitter. Okay. Bye bye.